Come on now, let's give Jesus a round of applause. Come on, the one who is holy, the one that we can't live without, the one that we adore, the one we were just worshiping just now with holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. We'll be singing that forever. And so tonight we're going to dive right in. We're going to dive into the book of Revelation. But first, I want to acknowledge Mark and Michelle, man. Y'all give it up for Mark, Michelle, the team. You know, man, I, I really believe that there's a move of God happening here that's going to just take over Tampa. I believe that the power that's in this room is going to rock Tampa. I believe that the testimonies in this room are going to lead many people to come to know him in a very special way. Because many of you have come to know him in a very special way. In fact, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on now. If you, you trusted in Jesus Christ. And I want to acknowledge my wife, Tracy, man. Y'all give it up for my bride. 30 years. 30 years, man. We've been at this together. But we're going to dive right in, man. So you guys are like in your second or third week of the book of Revelation. And in Revelation, the book of Revelation was written by the apostle John. And you would know the Apostle John as one of Jesus' inward circle. He had three guys that he hung out with more than the other guys that he hung out with. And that's J Peter, James, and John. In fact, John was the person that when Jesus was on the cross, he told him, hey, could you take care of my mother? He, they hung out together so much, he said, could you take care of my mom? As I go into eternity, can you care for Mary? You know, John ended up writing some more books. He ended up writing the book of John. He ended up writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he ends up writing Revelation. And also what we know about John is this, is that John is one of the only disciples to die of old age. He was burned in hot oil at one time, and he did not pass away. And when he gets this revelation from Jesus, He's on the island of Patmos. He's exiled. He, he's, he's pushed to the edge. He's, he's out there by himself for the name and the sake of Jesus Christ. And he's praying. And he's seeking God's face. And God gives him a revelation. And he writes this book to the seven churches and one of the churches that we're going to talk about tonight is called the Church of Thyatira. And, and I don't want you to get so stuck in, oh, well, this church, that church. He was writing to the churches because we know the scriptures say this. It says, let everyone who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the churches, what the Spirit says to the churches in Tampa. What the Spirit says to the exchange. What the Spirit says to you and I. Personally in our life, because we are the church. And what the scriptures remind us is this, is that many people get intimidated by the book of Revelation, but the book of Revelation is, is written to a people who are in love with God, who God loves, who have been released from this, their sins, and who are priests in his kingdom. See, it's a love letter, guys. We don't have to be intimidated. Oh, man, I read the end of the book, and you got all these, these dragons and dead demons and people being thrown out of here, and it, it's so scary. No, man, it's refreshing. 
It's not as scary as this world we live in and the craziness that goes on around us. No, our Savior is coming back to get us. Our Savior is coming back to get us. So how do we even get a church of our tower? Like, where, where does that start from? And so we're going to get a little background, and then we're going to dive into the text. The first thing we learned, Thyatira only shows up one other time in Scripture. And it's in Acts 16, and I'm going to read this really fast. But Paul, in his, he's on his missionary journey, and they're in Macedonia. And when you guys, want, you know, get a chance, look that up uh, for you Bible nerds. Any Bible nerds in the house? I'm talking to you, man. Let's go. Bible nerds, highlighter, tab, stuff underlined, right? Sticky notes. Come on. Yeah? So that's me. All right? So we, we got Thyatira showing up, and it says that on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the riverside where we were supposed to be looking for a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to some women who had come together. Now, it's interesting to me, on the Sabbath, they were looking for a place of prayer. And one of the women who were there was a lady named Lydia. From the city of Thyatira. And she's in Macedonia, but she's a seller of purple goods and she's a worshiper of God. Man, I want to be known as a worshiper of God. Wow, they, they put her name in the scriptures and they follow it with a description. She's a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul had to say. And after she was baptized, her whole household was baptized and she urged us to stay with her and, and she said if you judge me faithful to the Lord come and stay at my house and they stayed now they were in Macedonia now here's the picture that we're painting she's the only person that's mentioned in the scriptures from Thyatira Paul never said he went to Thyatira no one, no, no one else ever said they went to Thyatira. And so scholars are separated on this. They're like, well, maybe somebody else went there or whatever. But the only description that we have of somebody from Thyatira is Lydia, and she's a worshiper of God, and she's faithful to the Lord. So guess what? Lydia probably went back and told her people about God. So not only was her household baptized, she went back to her home and told people about Jesus. And that's possibly the foundation of this church. Let me ask you this. Do you have a burden for your family? Do you have a, a, a burden for your abuela or your abuelo? Do you have a burden for, I don't know what uncle and aunt is. Y'all help me out. Yeah, them. You got a burden for them? And your cousin and your crazy uncle. Anybody got a crazy uncle? He needs Jesus. Your crazy uncle needs Jesus. Stop ignoring that brother. He needs Jesus. And you know what? For some of them, you're the only Jesus they'll ever see. So Lydia, she goes back. And, and, and so we have this church of Thyatira. And the picture that's painted, there's seven churches. And Jesus is walking amongst the churches. And I, I found this picture online, and I think it's a great description. You see the city. You see the churches. You see the lampstand, and, and I believe that the, the lampstand and, and the fire at the top, he's writing to the angel of the church, and that, that is the overseer of the church. And, 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 and the church is a light. It's the light of the world, and, and, and the light is burning bright. And I believe there's a, a burning bright light coming out of the exchange. I believe when Jesus walks amongst these roads, he's seeing some lights. It's burning bright. 
but he's also seeing some lights that have flickered. And he may have even seen some lights who have died out. And so as he walks amongst the churches, it says this in Revelation 2.18, and let's just dive into the text, 18 through 20, it says, And the angel, and to the angel of the church of Thyatira, that's the leader, the person, the oversight, to that angel, the words of the Son of God. Guys, you know that's the only time in the book of Revelation that Jesus references himself as the Son of God? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, it describes his eyes, his eyes are like a, fire, a flame of fire. And his feet are like burnished bronze. And he says this. This is what Jesus says. I know your works. Man, I, I know your works at the exchange. I, I know your love. I, I know you're on serve Saturday. I know you're faithful. I know you show up every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. I know your service to the kingdom. In fact, I know you've endured some things. You've had patient endurance. And you know what? What I also see in your life is this, in my life, that you've overcome some things and your latter days are better than your former days. Guys, I've been a Christian for 25 years and my, that thing has grown in me. But I'm going to show you something. Jesus says this as I walk amongst these aisles, is that, but I got this against you, that you tolerate. Everybody say tolerate. That you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Yeah, you tolerate her. You tolerate her because she, she, she calls herself a prophetess. God has not called her a prophetess. She calls herself a prophetess. And she's teaching and seducing my service to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I'm coming. <laughs> Jezebel. You know, some, some people look at this and they say, well, well, wait a minute, Ralph, is that Jezebel that was married to Ahab? No, that's not Jezebel that was married to Ahab. In fact, the word Jezebel, the name Jezebel, don't name your kids Jezebel. The name Jezebel shows up 22 times in the scriptures. I don't know why you would name, Judas and Jezebel, just stay away from them two. Like, if you have twins, don't, but anyway, Jezebel, you know, Jezebel is, 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 is described as a woman who is evil, manipulative, and she seduced, she's seductive. And I think men could be Jezebels too. I'm about to prove that to y'all. Oh, the lady said, hallelujah. They said, come on, preacher. You come on, preacher. See, men can have a Jezebel spirit too. Manipulative. Lying. Look you dead in your eyes, girl. You know I love you. Pull the shirt up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Pull the shirt up. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. See, I'm, I'm going to tell you how you know a Jezebel spirit. Because people can't give you advice about the person. Do you remember when you was in middle school and high school and you had your first love? And your parents was like, don't date that boy. That joker ain't no... Good. I know he, the, the quarterback, I know he go to church every night. I know he's sitting there reading the Bible with you, but I'm telling you, there's something in my spirit, baby girl. And he ain't right. And you know what? You know what? Male or female? Because we done had it on the other side. We got three kids. We done had it on the other side. We had to tell our boys, 
Boy, that girl ain't good for you, especially my wife. But let me tell you, boy, I see it. And you know what all of us said? Mama, you don't know what you're talking about. Can I get a witness? Anybody said that? You don't know what you're talking about. Did she know what she was talking about? Yeah. And you know what? When you was pushing back, you was pushing back because Jezebel had manipulated you, had seduced you. Had you believing against your accountability? Mm. You see, Jesus says, I know your works, but you tolerate certain movies and romance novels and sexual overtones. I know your love, but you tolerate making out and sleeping around and he touching all over you and you touching all over him. I, I know, I know your love, but you're tolerating certain things. You're tolerating your friends sending you the picture in your phone that you shouldn't be looking at. You're tolerating. I know your faith, and you read your Bible, but only after you check in with your favorite social media influencer. You got to see what he or her, they got what, what's on their heart today. What's on their Snapchat? What, what's on their, their Insta? What's on their YouTube page? I, I know your love. Jesus said, I know your faith. I know your patience, endurance. I know you got patient endurance. I know that you have the ability to overcome things, but you can't stop vaping. You tolerate vaping. You tolerate alcohol. You tolerate smoking weed. In fact, you don't smoke weed. You just ride in the car. People smoke weed. You got things in your life that you tolerate that are causing me to question our relationship, see, Jezebel is this, guys, someone or something that entices you away from, listen, God's scriptural plan for your life. See, everybody want to know God, oh, yeah, God plan, his plan for my life. No, what's his scriptural plan for your life? Because, see, sometimes that don't line up with your plan. For your life. So that's Jezebel. And what does it mean to tolerate? It means to allow the existence and occurrence of practice, and it's on the, on, the, on the screens, practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. It's just going with the flow. Have you ever had something that just necessarily don't agree with you? Some of us gluten-free people, you know, for me, it's certain things that just don't agree with me, like a Dairy Queen blizzard. <laughs> you know, me and my wife was at the store. We was at Dairy Queen the other day, and she waiting on her, her, her milkshake, and I was done with my blizzard by the time we got it out of the drive-thru. You see, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> see, the, the sugar enzyme, which is lactose, just don't agree with me. But I'm so enticed by the soft serve and the, and the ice cream and the strawberries and the, and the cheesecake. But my body say, no, nah, bro, that ain't right. It's going to cause you some pain. And you're going to be laying in your bed like this. See, some of us been tolerating things that got us hugging toilets. And we throwing up. 
Some of us tolerating things that's bringing us to our knees. And God says, I know you're faithful. I know your love. I know your patience endurance, but there's something. There's something I need you to work on. Because we need things in our life that's going to lift us up. We need the strength to walk with the Lord. And when we talk about sexual immorality and we talk about uh, uh, idols, you know, most of us don't have like a little thing in our house and we like bowing down to it every day. But we got a little thing in our hand called our iPhone. We got a little thing in our pocket called our wallet. Don't mess with my money, bro. My money make me emotional, Smokey. It's, it's, it's emotional when you mess with my money. In fact, my money more important than God. Don't mess with my money. See, there's certain things. Anytime we say, man, I can't live without this, the first thing that we grab in the phone in the morning is our phone. In fact, I heard my, my mentor, R.B. Brown, says this. You, some of us need to take our iPhone and shove it under the bed at night so that we have to get on our knees in the morning. Some of y'all need to charge your phone under the bed so that you can get on your knees and on your face the first thing in the morning. But see, we tolerate certain things. You know, when we allow the existence of things that God has a problem with, God has a problem with it and us. And see, and that's the game that we play. That's the game that I played for a long time. With pornography. That's the game that I played for a long time with alcohol. That's the game that I played for a long time with drugs. Oh, I, I could be a Christian. I am a Christian. But you know God's still working on all us, bro. Ain't nobody perfect with Jesus. Only one person walked on water. Actually, two Peter walked on water, too. The only thing that caused Peter to sink is that he took his eyes off of Jesus. I'm letting you know right now, the only thing that will cause you to sink is if you take your eyes off of Jesus. What we tolerate can lead us away from God's plan for our life. But see, Jesus is so gracious. He has eyes of fire, but a heart of compassion. Even for Jezebel. Even for Jezebel. He has a heart of compassion. Look at this in Revelation 2, 21 through 23. It says, and I gave her time to repent. What? You gave Jezebel time to repent? But she refused to repent. How many of you know you can refuse God? You can say, God, no, I'm good. I'm straight, God. I I know you're calling out things in my life. I'm good. But she refused to repent of her sexual morality. Behold, I will throw her into a sick bed. And those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation. He has a problem with her and it and the other people that's following her. Unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead. And, I will, I, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart. Everybody say, God, search my mind. Use your hands. God, search my mind and my heart. God, search what I'm thinking about. What's, on my, what's in my thoughts? God, search what's in the center of my being. He searches the mind and the heart. And I will give each according to your works. Here's my second point. Repent now. 
compromise has consequences. Repent now. Everybody say, repent now. <laughs> compromise has consequences. When we compromise, it has consequences. When we watch certain things, it has consequences. When we sleep around, it has consequences. When we don't stay true, it has consequences. You can choose the sin, but you can't choose the consequences. You can choose the sin. Bro, go ahead. Sis, go ahead. Do you. Do you, boo. But you can't choose the consequences. God does. And many times we look at other people and we say, man, you know what, Pastor Ralph? Man, you did all those things. You talk about porn. You talk about alcohol. You talk about smoking weed. You talk about, I don't even know if I ever told y'all that. You talk about selling drugs. I was terrible. But I was horrible at it. Terrible. Don't do it. It's just it's stupid. But the same grace that's on my life may not be on yours. God watched over me. He kept me through some crazy stuff. See, you can choose the sin, but you cannot choose the compromise. I mean, uh, the consequences. I want to do, do a little thing right now, and I'm going to give you guys some practical steps. We're going to pray a prayer. Psalms 139. Let's put it up on the screen. And I want you to read the prayer. We're going to read it together. And we're going to read it together. One, two, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me. Lead me in a way of everlasting. That is our prayer tonight. Because, see, I can't search your heart. But you can ask God and the Holy Spirit to search your heart. It's a dangerous God, know me. Know my anxious thoughts. Know the thing that has me on edge, if they ever knew. Know my anxious thought and lead me into not a way where I can make all the money I need to make. Not a way that everybody going to look at me and I'm going to be all right. Not in a way that, no, in an everlasting way, an eternal way. The thing that makes me right with you. So when I look at Thyatira, and I need you to write this down, when I look at Thyatira, who was tolerant of Jezebel and, and, and needed to repent right now because their, their, their sins, their compromise had consequences. This is the five things I would say to the church at Thyatira, and these are the five things I'm going to say to the exchange about how to be intolerant. The first thing is this, you just got to recognize. Everybody say recognize. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Who or what is leading you away from God? Ask yourself the question. Like, is this dude leading me to God or away from God? Is she leading me to God or away from God? Is this job leading me to God or away from God? Do I spend more time in the strip? Blows my mind. Like, people go to strip clubs. Dudes go to strip clubs and talk about they just ended their drink. I have never seen, heard anything like that before in my life. That's crazy. Like, if you make crazy statements like, we just going to hang out at the strip club, but we not there to look at nobody. <laughs> that ain't crazy to y'all? 
Recognize. Recognize the people that are sending you the pictures. Recognize when he texts you and be like, hey, can you send me a picture of you naked? Recognize. Be like, eh, that ain't right. That's how you become intolerant. You know, the second thing you do is this. Repent. Everybody say repent. Turn to God and away from the person, place, or thing that's leading you away from God. Repent simply means this. I'm walking this way, and I turn around and go the other way, and God's right there. He's chasing after us, guys. Every time I've ever turned to him, as soon as I turned, he was right there. Guys, I turned a couple of weeks ago. I had to repent a couple of weeks ago. I was like, God, I, man, my life ain't right right now. My, my boss here, he'll tell you. I took a week off. I was like, I got to get out of here because I had to repent. My heart wasn't right. My attitude wasn't right. I was being short. I was being angry. I wasn't showing forth the grace and mercy of God. Something's wrong. I got to repent. What's going on with my heart? You got to recognize and then repent. Here's the third thing you got to do to become an intolerant, intolerant in Thyatira is you got to resist. Everybody say resist. Man, you got to resist. You got to fight and resist. You got to resist the devil and he will flee. That's the promise of God. You got to resist. Oh, but wait a minute, Ralph. How do, I, how do I resist? Turn your phone off. You know what? If I wish I had my phone up. If, if my smartphone got me, is getting me in trouble, get a dumb phone. Get a phone that ain't smart. A flip phone. Get your grandma phone. What is uh, Citizen Cellular or something like that? Get that. Be like, Grandma, can I hold your phone? I'm about to go to school. I need to get you a flip phone. Something that don't receive pictures. That don't have internet. See, we laughing. But that's how you resist. That's how you resist. Relate. Everybody say relate. Fourth thing you got to do is relate. Get with people who you can talk with and run with. You know what? I want to run with a crew of resistors. I want to be with somebody that's resisting too. Because two are better than one. Because they can stand back to back and fight. And they can fight the good fight of faith. So, and, and, and guess what? That's why we talk about groups and community so much. Like the things that have been broken off my life, the things that I have become intolerant with, really all happened because I had accountability, guys. And you know what accountability is? Anybody know what an accountant is? It's somebody who can open the book and look at your life. And ask you hard questions. It's not cute. It's not, well, we, we hang out, we drink coffee, we walk on the beach. No, no, no. Joker, ask me some hard questions. Ask me if there's any woman in my life that I prefer meeting with. That I'm looking forward to meeting with. On my job every week. Is there anyone in my life that I'm opening, having an emotional relationship with, where they're seeing my mind, will, and emotions, now, you know, man, Tracy tripping. She been tripping on me a long time. You just understand me. Okay. Who's asking you the question about that? You know, my husband, he don't fix stuff like you fix. You just so strong. 
I wish you would come to the gym and work out with me. Could you spot me? Come on, man. Some of y'all need to stop going to the gym, but that's another topic. All right, so here we go. But who's asking you those questions? Who are you relating to? Who are you in relationship with that's, that's running the, the eternal race that you're trying to run? Here we go. For the sake of time. The last thing is this, man, run. Everybody say run. Well, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is just book. Like, hey, I'm out. Boop. Holler. You be like, Joseph, you know what I'm saying? Old girl grabbed me, like, sleep with me. That joker left his shirt, everything. He's like, bro, I'm getting up out of here. Joker running down the road, no shirt on, no shoes. And you know what Joseph said? By the way, Joseph is, for those of that don't know, I'm not going to assume, in Genesis. You know what? Joseph ran away because he said this. It's, it's one of the beautiful, most beautiful things. Help, help me. Help me, Lord. It's one of the most beautiful things. He said this to Pharaoh's wife. He said, I have control over everything in this kingdom. The only thing I don't have is you. And no woman wants to hear that. But she grabbed him. And it said that it ripped his cloak off. And you know what he told her? Men, he told her this. He says, how can I do this thing? He had a God conscience. He, he didn't worry about her. He didn't worry about Pharaoh. He didn't worry about his mom. He didn't worry about his wife. He didn't worry about Lizzie. He didn't worry about Mark. He didn't worry about Michelle. He didn't worry about the worship team. He didn't worry about Caroline. He didn't worry about nothing. He says, how can I do this thing before God? Like God's holding me accountable for this. And I, you know what? Because if I compromise now, it has consequences. Because God has called me to lead him. Guys, Look, read the story. Joseph ended up blessing the kingdom because he didn't compromise. He didn't compromise. Last but not least, hold fast to your hope. Hold fast to your hope. Everybody say hold fast. Revelations 2, 24 through 29, real quick. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, you're not holding to her teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, whew, to you I say, I do not lay any other burden on you. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule with, with, an, iron rod, with an iron rod. And, and, and when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father, and I will give him the morning star. That sounds familiar, the morning star? That's Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let, his, let, let me, let, let, let the, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. That there's a reward. Jesus said we're going to rule and reign with him in his kingdom. But he said, hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to your love for Christ. Hold, hold fast to your holiness. Hold fast to your patient endurance. Hold fast. Hold fast to the word. Hold fast. Don't give up. Don't give in. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold your faith fast. Because there's an enemy, Trey, come here. There's an enemy. And my son ain't the enemy. Come here, Trey. 
This is it. Come here, hurry up. Yeah, come up here. Hold fast. For some of you guys who play football, you're going to get this, ladies. I'm sorry. But what they taught. Yeah, we're about to, what you want to do, bro? I ain't got no shoes on. All right, Mike Ash, I need you. All right, so here we go. But here, listen to me. Hold fast. One of the things that changed in football in the last 20 years is running backs used to carry the ball like this. They used to carry the ball like this. And they would run, and what the defensive back would do is come and pop it out. And they would fumble. And they changed the tactic for the running back. Now running backs hold fast the football. So now it's hard to reach because the ball is near their heart. This joker going to keep trying to do it. <laughs> Go ahead. We're good. We're good. Y'all give it up for Trey. Now watch this. Watch this. I want everybody in this room to learn how to be a running back. Hold fast to your faith. See, when you tolerate things, you carry your faith down here. It's just loose. Like, yeah, I read my Bible whenever. Yeah, I, I hang out, man. I, I got this thing I'm stuck to over here, but, you know. No, hold fast. There's a reward for you. It's an eternal reward. You know, one of the things about the church of Thyatira that's not listed. It's a good list, guys. Love, faithfulness, patient, endurance, all the above. You know what the one thing they didn't have was hope. Hope is important. Guys, hope is important. And I never forget, I, I was in an argument with my wife one day, and I'm, I'm, I'm more of the argumenter. I, I think I can win an argument. No one ever wins an argument. And we're arguing, and, and I remember the middle schooler who came from the other room and said, are y'all going to get a divorce? Because that's what's happening around me. Like, is that what's going to happen to my parents who say they love each other? And, and my wife and I, she has hope tattooed on her arm. Started to hope. God, what's marriage all about? What, what's this relationship all about? Is it just about us being selfish and it's all about? No, God started to show us eternity. He started to show us that he's everlasting. He's not just about this world. And, and we're living right now. We have our first granddaughter and we realize that God has called us to be Christ bearers and that our children's children will be blessed if we lead them to him. And during Easter this year, I took this picture. It's my granddaughter. See, we, we understood what hope was about. See, that's our hope. Oh, yeah, she cute, she cuddly, all that. But you know what the greatest legacy we can leave? Is leading her to the cross. She got a nana that'll lead her to the cross. She got a papa that'll lead her to the cross. And, yes, she's spoiled. But more than anything, Hope keeps your focus on your reward. Last scripture, 1 John 3, 1 through 3. And this is John talking, same guy that wrote Revelation. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. 
The reason why the world does not know us, know us is that it did not know him. See, we separated, guys. The world don't know us because it didn't know him. Beloved, we are the children of God now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. See, we don't know how this whole thing's going to work out. He's still conforming us into the image of God. Nobody's perfect, even the dude up here talking to you. He's working on us. But we know that when, he's a, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And here's the hope. And everyone who thus hopes in this purifies himself just as he is pure. See, I want to be purified. I want to hold on to my faith and conquer some things. I want to be conformed into the image of his son. And when I see him face to face, whether he comes on the cloud or I go there first, I want, him to hear, I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Do you have that hope? I mean, truly, is your hope in Christ Jesus? Is your hope in the one who loves you, cared for you, and gave his life for you? You see, that second point is repent now. I, I gave you time to repent. I gave you time to turn to me. Today is the day of salvation, guys. Today, not tomorrow. Today. You know, there's two types of people in this room. Some of us need to turn away from the things that we've been tolerating. And that's okay. You know, when I was in youth ministry, we used to have the guys come up and they would bring all kind of stuff up here, man. But if you're here right now and you're saying, Ralph, you know what? I've been tolerating some things, bro. God searched my heart and I've been tolerating some things in my life that's kind of pulling me away from God. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. You know, the second group of people is this. Some of you just don't know the Lord. Like, you don't have that hope. Like, life is rough, whatever, and, 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 and you just need a relationship with God. Like, I'm turning to you, Jesus, today. Today is the day of salvation. And so I want to do something that's going to take some courage. It's going to take some courage during this next worship song. Would you stand to your feet? Now, Mark, this is your house. Come here. Grab your mic. Come here. Just want to make sure. There's two types of people in the room. If you're here right now and you're saying, Ralph, you know what? I, I want to invite the prayer team up. I want to go down and pray for those who have been tolerating some things. There's, they just, you've just been like, on the fringe, and you need to just come to the altar and lay it at the altar. Just come on right now. Just start to move. I've just been tolerating some things. I've been, playing, I've, been, I've been playing some games with some things I shouldn't be. I want you to just come up for prayer right now. Just move out of your seat. Come on. Come on. Move, move, move. Move, move, move. Move, move, move. And I want to get down here with you. I want to pray with and for you. And there's a second group of people. Come on. There's still room at the altar. There's always room at the altar. 
The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. The effective prayer of the righteous availeth much. Come get prayer for the thing you've been tolerating. Second group of people. You're saying, Ralph, you know what? I want to turn to Jesus today. Like, I literally want to commit my life to Christ. I want to turn to him or I want to recommit my life to Christ. Mark, I want you to pray with and for those who want to commit their life to Christ. And I want to come down here and pray for those who have been tolerating some things. Young men, come on. You are, come down. I want to pray with the young men in the room.